Welcome to the Vital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go. So Josh Holland is back on the podcast and he is here for another deep conversation about the richness of life, writing a book, training the stars and life with biohacks, but making it accessible and easy to apply with what you have. He gives us his wisdom on life and perspective shifts and his new tips on training. So Josh is not one to need an introduction, but here is a little bit about him. Joshua J. Holland is a wealth of experiential knowledge and wisdom. As a dedicated biohacker, state-of-the-art fitness trainer, holistic health coach and sports professional, he champions the philosophy of awareness through experience and has subsequently spent years consulting with elite professionals with the goal of building a vast well in which to draw from when evoking alignment of the body, mind and spirit for his clients. Now, I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. I surely did. The inspiration, the awareness shift book, links and website and campaign are all at the, in the notes of the podcast and all where to find Josh is there as well. So we hope you enjoy. Hey, Josh, back on the show for round two. And thank you so much for coming back on and having a chat to me and with something very new and exciting to talk about. So I'm super stoked to talk to you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me back on and thanks for taking the time. You know, I know it's, it's quite busy with everyone's schedules these days, but I'm happy to, uh, to be back on and to, to chat all things health, wellness and everything else. <laughs> so I think we should get started with your amazing book and this, the crowd campaign you've got going on for that. And I want to dive into you know, what motivated you to, to start a book or to, to write a book or to have a co-author, which I, I know also you have. Um, yeah. So just talk to me about that process first and I want to dive into being about what you've been doing as well. Okay, yeah. So um, for many years, uh, especially within my career as a health coach and a, um, a biohacker, if you will, and a fitness trainer, I had always been searching for ways to to create some kind of resource that was concise and um, basically like short enough to be able to, to to present to people, whether it be clients or friends and family, um, to be able to kind of boil down what I do in a very succinct way. And I I knew that I wanted to do a podcast, and I knew that I wanted to write a book. I just wasn't quite sure which one I should roll out first. And as luck would have it, the the podcast was the, the one to come out first. Mm. And that one was pretty easy to do because it was just literally like get a microphone, a Wi-Fi connection and record. And the book is a lot more involved though, right? So I thought part of my process, and this was about four years ago, part of my process then was, okay, with the podcast, if I want to write a book, then maybe I could just have someone uh, tr like transcribe each of the episodes. And then eventually that would turn into, I think we, we set out to do a blog at first. And then I was thinking, oh, this would, would then eventually turn into a book. Mm. That didn't happen. <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> but I mean, 
this is this is kind of the the beginning of it all, right? And I noticed that each episode was starting to evolve, and my method to to the madness, if you will, um, was was always evolving, and I think it will always evolve. Mm-hmm. And that's why I felt like the digital world and social media and things like that makes it a little bit easier to kind of update everything. Whereas a book, a printed book at least, is a little bit harder to do that. You know, you kind of have to be sure of what you want to talk about, be sure of what you want to say and present that. And then hopefully you get another book and another book and another book, you know, but I'm not a writer. So this is, this is the reason why I feel like I'm more of a storyteller, which is why podcast was perfect for me. But um, that's why I set out to, to have a co-author or co-writer because I am not a writer and I don't profess to be one. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good way to, to up part and make sure that the writing's good, even if you don't, you know, I'm sure the book that you would write, if you did write it, would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I think we always tell ourselves a bit too short anyway. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I mean, and that, that's a good point. And thank you for the compliment. Um, I, I must say like I do write all of the content on my social media and and that's a specific style though because it's more me and this is what's also tricky about this book writing process that I'm in right now with my co-writer is I needed to I, I searched out for someone that could embody a bit of who I am outside of just social media someone who actually knows me someone who's actually worked with me as a client and someone who's actually worked with me as a as a uh, a colleague or as a a peer and tessa cash she happens to represent that perfectly she started off as a client of mine and during that time when her and i met it was just before the the pandemic kind of shut the world down and i was probably you know crushing it as some people would probably say in in my career but I found that I wasn't having enough time and enough, um, I guess, enough, what is the word? I, I, I wasn't creating the proper space to be able to help her in what she needed in her journey. Yeah. And I, I was able to do that, multitask, I guess is the word, but mm-hmm. uh, I was able to multitask with all the other clients because most of them, I, I already knew what to do with them and it, and it had been working. But yeah. when she was kind of presented to me as a client it was like oh wait she needs something totally different than what everybody else needs and this was at a point in time when i was probably training eight to to ten hours a day right and just client after client after client not realizing that hey i'm not doing her and the rest of them any favors if i'm not also working on myself and being more aware being present in the moment so this is what sort of started this process of saying, okay, of course, you know, the pandemic shut everything down as well, but I was able to take a step back because of the pandemic and also because of this newfound awareness. And I thought, oh, wow, this, this can really thrust me back into this world of health coaching. Mm-hmm. And health coaching is all about being present, being aware, being able to listen, which mm-hmm. is a huge skill, mm-hmm. but then being able to have the proper tools within your toolkit to be able to offer someone the help or at least show them that they have the tools to help themselves. Yeah. Right. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, and <laughs> that reflection, I guess, you know, like from, from the fact that you have recognized that from clients for one, I don't know how you train people for 10 hours a day. That's intense. <laughs> that, that, you know, in itself is like, you know, burnout material, I would say for me anyway. Um, and the energy that you put into the people and, and your clients um, and, and the investment that you put into that is huge. And that's, you know, that's how incredible you are that you can actually withstand that day in, day out and, and give that beautiful quality to people. Um, so that, that's incredible. Now, I want to I wanna sort of talk about the book itself and what, you know, the, the topic, the, you know, the awareness shift is, is the title, if anyone doesn't know it yet. And give me a little bit of an understanding of, of what, what, go, what, what goes into that, you know? What, what's it about? What's, what's the theme of it? What, where that came from and why that's sort of driven you to make a book in, into it or out of it? Sure. So the, the basis, the foundation of the book itself is based around the five pillars, which I believe we, we discussed on our, on our first uh, interview together. And those five pillars, I knew wasn't quite enough to, to be a book. I mean, I could make it just the five pillars and, and call it a day, but I also wanted to give people an understanding as to how I came to, to developing those five pillars. Also, I wanted people to be able to understand why Tessa and I decided to write the book together, because this is her first book which I think is pretty interesting for people to know. It's her first book, it's my first book. She's a writer, I'm not. Um, and it's, it's basically this beautiful conversation and this, um, this shift of awareness between the two of us so that people who read the book can be like a fly on the wall, kind of like how it is with my podcast, right? And it's really interesting because I, I at first, thought about doing a, a memoir book, you know, kind of like a story of my life and things like that. But I feel like memoirs are kind of the thing you do towards the end of your career or when you're, you know, when you've done so much, I feel like I'm just beginning, you know? So I said, okay, let's hold off on the memoir type book well, well into the future. And for right now, let's build a book around the five pillars, add in a, a nice little story that talks about how I transitioned from Oklahoma, from this very small town in Oklahoma, which is the population of 3,000 people, which is where I'm from, mm -hmm. called Chandler, Oklahoma. How I transitioned from Chandler, Oklahoma to New York, and then to traveling all around the world, working with some of the biggest names in the, in the world, some of the most successful people in the world, mm -hmm. to then meeting this girl from, from halfway around the world, meeting in New York, and eventually working together to write a book together. That's what this book is all about. That is it's, it's a lot in there. Yeah. yeah. And so for, for people wondering, okay, so that's a pretty vague explanation, but it's going to basically list out all the things from health, wellness, fitness, lifestyle, biohacking. Um, you know, the, the main thing is the quality awareness, hence the name, the awareness shift. But I feel like quality awareness, which is what we talked about before in the previous podcast, quality awareness is sort of the crux of all of it. It's the thing that bleeds through all the other pillars. And if you just get one of the pillars correct, quality awareness should be the one. 
because that's what's going to be the driving force to make everything else much easier and much, um, much more, I guess, uh, achievable and visible. Mm. And I love in your podcast when you did sort of like a, um, a proclamation of, of what's going on and what the book is and all that sort of stuff, you know, with that podcast with Tessa. And you both said, and she said that the, the moment in life where you have that meeting of or, or seeing something or meeting someone or, or doing something where your complete awareness shifts and the next stage of your life or, you know, that next period is completely different or just perceived in a different way from where your awareness was. And I find that just so true, so fascinating and so beautiful. And Thank you. I can imagine that's, you know, that's, that's, that's the book. And I love that it's actually something very unique in a book that I don't think has been written like that before in a sense that you, you have this meeting, but then you're, you're giving the story of, of how you can improve the health from her perspective and your perspective and then to teach people in that way. And that's the best way to teach people is through story and through through the ability for people to, to apply that to, into their own lives by listening to someone else. So yeah, I, I can't wait Thank to read you. it. I'm so excited. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because we did, we did set out to do something different mm. um, because it was easy enough for me to, to pay a ghostwriter who maybe doesn't know me that well and you know and i put some some things out and say okay change this change that this looks good that sounds good or tessa could have written her own book about her experience with working with me and and her evolution and you know traveling all around the world and doing all kinds of things to, to get to where she's at or we could have we could have done what we did what we did and we've set out to do right now which is come together with our stories as you as you well pointed out to allow people to go oh wow mm. you know because the the moments that we discussed in this podcast you're talking about uh, in which I had Tessa on my show um, I, I distinctly remember seeing this this young girl in my office I think I had trained her once and it was her second meeting coming into the into the studio and I had just finished training a client. They were running a little bit late. Tessa was a little bit early. That kind of made me nervous because I hate making people wait, but she's the type of person that, I think we talked about this on the, on the show, but she likes to be always early so she can sort of um, reset her, her, herself, right, to be prepared. And here I am thinking that it was almost like stressful for her to be early. How dare you be early? Because now you make me feel like I'm running behind. And she, she told me on the show, she was like, no, Josh, like, you know, I do that for, for me so that I can reset myself. And I'm like, Oh yeah, it doesn't have to be always be about me. Right. It's not always just about my time. It's also about her time and how she wants to kind of um, center herself before she gives energy to me or to anyone else. Right. And, and again, pointing that out is really profound because had she not told me that, I would have been spiraling off thinking all these other things. And had I not told her that, she would have never known. Mm. And this is why communication is so, so important. And, and I'll tell you, even to this day, even right now, we, we, so we finished the crowdfunding campaign, the 30 days anyway, but you know, people can still contribute to the crowdfunding campaign. Um, I just noticed before we came on now, 
that uh, we had two more donations just before this show started now, um, which is really cool. Um, but it, it's really interesting in that we still haven't even finished the manuscript. And the fact that we have all of this support just really makes us want to do the best we can. Um, and we do have a lot of stuff written. You know, Tessa's doing really good, a really good job at, at the writing part of it. Um, we have a meeting tonight with the editors uh, at the publishing house to kind of start to wrap this whole thing up. But each week, each day, you know, like that, that, that transpires, I'm thinking, oh, wait. No, 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 we're not finished yet because like, for instance, last weekend, I just had my 40th birthday party, right? I just, I just turned 40, right? And, you know, it's like the things that I've learned by turning 40 years old and hearing all these people telling me, Josh, you're not 40 and how are you 40 and all these things? Well, you know, I, I want to talk about some of these things in the book too. So, um, so I'm kind of glad that we, we, we haven't finished it just yet. Um, but I always want to let people know that like, look, you're buying into, you're investing into the, the, the multitude, the, the two decades of experience that I have, uh, experienced and I'm going to pour my heart and soul into this book along with Tessa so that we have a resource that you want to share with people. Yeah. And what I'm getting from all that too, Josh, is that the richness of your experience in all aspects of your life. And I, I relate to this so much because I, I search for this too myself, you know, like looking for a PR company or for a marketing company. I just don't want someone to, like you say, you could ghostwrite and you could, you could pay someone to do that. But where's the, where's the richness of the experience, the joyfulness of the experience in life? And you, you, you can't get that back or you can't pay for that. It's that experience that you're getting from doing it with another person that truly believes in you and mm -hmm. they want, you know, to help you and you want to help them. And there's nothing better than that connection. It's just magical. And that's what life's like. It's like every day we have to experience these things that makes life so much more richer. And that's what it is. And that book is going to be incredible because of the fact that you've done it that way. You know, it's just already. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. I love the idea. And I wouldn't expect any less from you, though, to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you. I, I, I must say that. Um, and Tessa would probably kill me if I, if, if she hears me, well, she probably will hear this, but, um, I'm sorry, Tessa, but I, I have to say this. Um, but even, even up until, you know, last week or the week before, um, you know, t I'm still having to, in a sense, coach Tessa, right? Like, and, and she still is helping me, right? In many ways. So our jobs together is still not done. We're still on this journey together, no matter what. And writing a book together now just makes it to where we're going to be attached at the hip for much longer than we would be if we hadn't. Um, but I, I would be lying if I told you that it's been easy because, you know, even just like last week or, or two weeks ago, she was like, Josh, I still just don't know if I'm the right person for this. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, because, you know, she sees me as this person that has, helped transform her life and has this profound uh, background, all these things. And yet, because she hasn't written a book yet and she hasn't been published, I think she feels like she is not qualified. But I'm like, no, you are the perfect person, you mm -hmm. know? And so if you're not to write it, the book doesn't get written. 
because yeah. I'm not doing it by myself. And like you just pointed out, like I want this to be genuine and rich. And I, I know the moment that we sign off and we complete it and it's done, we're both going to have something that we look back on and go, wow, I'm so glad we got through that because it's been, it's been a rough ride. And, you know, mental health has affected the entire world, you know, not only just from this pandemic, but from, um, from the, the Israel-Palestine conflict, from the Black Lives Matter issues, the COVID pandemic and the politics and everything has really affected the mental health of everyone. Yeah. So, I mean, I should not expect this to go like completely easy, right? It's gonna be tough, but it's what makes the reward that much better. Absolutely, and the learning and the experience and the growth. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I'm so excited to 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 read it. I, I can't wait. As soon as it's out, I'll be I'll be downloading it or grabbing a coffee and getting into it, getting stuck into it. But for now, I wanted to chat to you about what you've been up to. And I know this has been obviously a massive part. You've been traveling a lot just recently. Um, but you and I have a shared um, common passion with biohacking and instruments and equipment and all that sort of stuff. And you you get to try out a lot. And I am. Um, very jealous all the time watching you try these things. So give me a little sneak peek of what you've been up to lately in all that sort of world and what you love and what you've been trying with your clients and yourself. And um, yeah, give me a little bit of a, a rundown. Okay, yeah. So this is going to be the fun part. Um, <laughs> not that the not that the book is not the fun part, but um, you know, and I, and I will be including some of the recent things I've been working on will be included in the book, which is why it's it's going to continue to kind of be a, oh, I'm not sure if we're ready to finish it because I want to add this and I want to add that. But um, so I'm, I'm traveling, as you mentioned, I'm in Budapest, Hungary right now. I've been here for a couple of months, uh, about two and a half months or so, and I will be here for another few months. And uh, I'm out here working with my good friend and client, Oscar Isaac. And um, he is shooting Marvel's Moon Knight series. So I, I've been working with Oscar for over 10, I think it's been 11 years, almost exactly 11 years now. Wow. And I pretty much work with him on all of his projects, all of his movies or, you know, various acting projects. And, um, and it's been really cool because, you know, my partner and I, we have a, we have a two-year-old son together and, um, and my partner's father's side of the family is from Hungary. They're Hungarian and her mother's side is German. So um, although my son was born in Germany, when we all figured out that I was going to be here for six months or longer shooting um, or doing this project with Oscar, it was like, oh, uh, maybe we should bring the family over to, to Hungary and we all just kind of live here and until until further notice right so that's what i'm that's why i'm here in budapest um and it's been interesting because this is the first time that i've spent this much time in one uh city outside of of the u.s mm. now many people know that i've traveled a lot and i've i've been on multiple tours and i've actually been to budapest like four or five times before this trip um but this is the first time that I've actually lived in a, a, a city or a country outside of the U.S. And so it's been interesting because, you know, I have this amazing hotel that I'm staying in. Um, my partner has a home out in the 18th district that's kind of outside of the city, which is really cool. 
um, the Marvel crew put me up in, um, in this beautiful hotel and also gave me a car. So that means I'm driving around the city, having to get to learn <laughs> these random Hungarian words, uh, street signs and, and, you know, understanding like how to drive in a random city. Uh, I'm, I must say the cars are small and the potholes are big, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I don't know if you saw my recent, um, my recent video I'll put on Instagram about peaceful driving, but you know, I use like the Sensate device and, and the, the music sometimes is just kind of zone out and relax because it can get pretty stressful. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that's that's the reason why I'm here in Budapest, and I'm and I'm, I'm you know working with Oscar, and that's been a joy because I love watching him grow as an actor, but also as a human being. I mean, he's he's literally like a brother to me, mm-hmm. and um, you know we had the great fortune of being able to celebrate my 40th birthday together here in Budapest again. So this is actually the second time that we've celebrated a birthday of mine here in Budapest. What? So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the last time was, I think, two or three years ago when he was shooting the movie Dune yeah. and it was my birthday. And, you know, there's a lot of movie and TV show projects happening here in Budapest. Um, and yes. so it just makes it kind of a, a cool deal to be able to work and yet and also spend time with my family here. Um, so so that's that. Um, in terms of like interesting things I'm working on. Um, <laughs> one of the the big, actually, I just did a podcast on Josh's latest updates and hacks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that might be a good one to catch. But um, something that I haven't talked a lot about yet, keyword yet, yeah. is um, my, my work in the isometric training uh, department. So I've been doing a lot of isometric training. Now, when people think of isometrics, I'm sure they think of planks, wall sits, um, various holds and, you know, various positions where you hold. And that is, that does constitute an isometric, you know, those are isometrics, but there's also isometric contraction training or isometric um, uh, strength training in which you maybe use like a power rack or you may use um, like uh, straps, or you may use a, um, a platform in a chain device. Like there's, a, there's one device called an ISO chain. And I will be doing a lot of um, talks and discussions about the ISO chain coming out very soon. It's an amazing device. Um, another one in that world is the ISO flow by, by Bullworker. And it fits in this little pouch that kind of looks like a fanny pack. And (laughs) the way I describe it for those who aren't watching this, um, it basically looks like um, what like a TR strap, TRX strap or a suspension training tool would look like where, you know, you usually anchor it to one end and then you hang, hang or suspend yourself uh, on the other end. Well, if you imagine that, but two of those, right, and it's intersected by one carabiner in the middle, yeah. then that's what the ISO, ISO flow looks like. And um, I think I may even have pictures here in this um, to see what it looks like. But what you do, here it is, for those that are watching this, you can uh-huh. see right. it looks, it looks kind of like two suspension tools. Yeah. And 
what you do is you use your body's own resistance to create more resistance. Mm -hmm. And so um, isometric contraction training can be done anywhere. So you could push against the wall. Mm -hmm. You could go to a playground and try to lift up on the, the, play, the playground set, mm -hmm. knowing that it's not going to move but you're gonna be trying to give 100% of your capacity, right? Wow. Um, but with a tool like this, you can also move it. So mm -hmm. you can have like one handle in one hand, one handle in the other hand, and then you're providing the resistance on one side while the other side's moving slowly, and then you switch. And oh. what's, what's really cool about it is you cannot exceed your body's own ability. So it's really for anyone, whether it's elderly, it's kids, it's rehab patients, it's, you know, handicapped patients, it's anyone can, can do it. And depending on how long you hold the contraction will depend on the physiological benefits you hope to get from it. Yeah. So if you want to, you know, go for more muscular endurance and be lean, then you might hold for 30 seconds or, or, or 60 seconds or longer. If you want to go for hypertrophy, hypertrophy and pure strength, then you might hold for like six to 10 seconds. And the ISO chain, um, I don't have a photo with me right now, but uh, you'll, you'll see in the future, I'll be posting a lot about it. But the ISO chain is one of the only reasons why, so I'll take a step back. The reason why isometric training has kind of gone by the wayside, because it's been around for, for, for millennia. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. It, People forget about it, though, because there's not a way to actually um, quantify your results while you're doing your work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm training you, Jody, and I say, okay, give me 100% of your max right now on this curl, on this mm -hmm. bodyweight curl or, you know, into the straps, you might be a great actress and go, you know, make the pain face and you might, you know, have veins popping out of your neck and it might look like you're, you're doing 100% of your capacity, but unless you have some kind of biofeedback within like a digital readout, you, none of us really know. And you yourself won't really know, right? Mm. Well, the ISO chain literally is a, a metal platform with a, a chain and a spring, heavy duty spring. So I'm gonna hold this up because while you did that, I, I went and found a photo. Oh, awesome. um, so that's a metal mm. platform. And there is a, a, a heavy-duty chain with a heavy-duty spring. And there's a bar with a, a digital uh, readout on the, the actual bar itself. And that bar tells you how much, how much force you're putting within that, within that system. And so you can set a target load, let's say, on a deadlift. Um, let's say you want your target load to be 300 pounds on a deadlift. You wanna be able to hold that for, let's say six seconds. Well, you can test it out first to see how much you can actually lift. And then you can set your target load and then you have this timer that you can set on there. And now, you know, when you think that your max is 300, you might realize that really it's only about 200, especially when you're trying to hold it for more than one rep yeah. because there's this thing called the force velocity relationship in which the lighter the weight is, the faster you should be able to move it. Yeah. The heavier the weight is, the slower you should be able to move it. Mm. And so 
once you get to the point in which the weight does not move, that usually constitutes your max force production, right? That's isometrics. Mm -hmm. So with this, then if your idea is to get to generate as much force as possible, then you should not be able to move it. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's it's it's amazing. And I've been doing it every week now for the last couple of weeks. And um, Jody, I tell you, it's it's where it's at. It's really yeah. where it's at. That's cool. Yeah. And because it's, you know, it's been around for so long. This is just a different way of adapting it in, which is yeah. cool. love it. I love it. Yeah. Are you familiar with the bulwarker? You've, you've seen the bulwarker before, right? It's, I think so. I think so. Yeah, it's been around since the like 60s or the 70s. It's this, um, it's this thing that looks almost like a, this thing here. It looks like a, uh, you could almost use it like a bow and arrow, or you can use it as those things that you kind of, you, you squeeze in or you pull on it. Yeah. yeah. And um, so this is the company that makes the ISO flow. They don't make the ISO chain, but they make the ISO flow. Yeah. Um, for anybody that's curious about trying this kind of isometric work, you don't have to have the fancy tools by any means. Mm. I know I'm a biohacker and people think, Oh, biohacking is all about like, you know, expensive toys. Not really go into your bathroom, get a hand towel and try to, you know, put one end of the hand towel in one hand, other hand in, you know, other end of the towel in the other hand and like straighten one arm, bend the other arm and do a, a curl against your own resistance in that towel. And that's essentially what this is. Um, you can do the same thing if you had like a big towel, step on the middle of it, set yourself in a nice, you know, hip width distance, step in the middle of it with both feet, grab both ends of the towel, the bigger towel, and then try to deadlift. Obviously you cannot lift your own body weight, right? You can't lift yourself off the ground. That would be yeah. impossible. <laughs> so th that means the towel is not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere, but you'd be able to basically get the most amount of deadlift force you could generate. Mm -hmm. And that's isometric training. Do that for six to 10 seconds, uh, about five, five rounds of that. And that's your workout for the day. That's awesome. That's so cool. Now, remember when we chatted <clears throat> and you always have said, and it blew my mind last time I spoke to you because for someone of your caliber training who you train and to say that, you know, you don't need to exercise as much as everyone else tells you to exercise. And the quality and the type of exercise you do is very different to what people assume that you should be doing. So, mm -hmm. you know, this sort of thing, you bring all these obviously new techniques and new things into your clients' lives and workouts and obviously your own as well. Does this change? So, you know, you've got your sort of core set things I, I'm guessing that you would do for yourself. When you experience something new like this, do you change completely your routines every week? It's a really good question. Um, and I would say it's a fairly easy answer. And that answer is yes. Yeah. Now, um, my goal, and, and, and I'm different than a lot of other people because my goal is to always try to find the, the several of things, not the one thing, but the, the, the multitude of things mm -hmm. that would help the most amount of people. Yeah. And understanding that yes maybe i have found something that's really good for me but who's to say that the next thing i find is also not really good for me so for instance um many people listening to this right now may not know that i'm a big proponent of electrical muscle stimulation um i have a company that manufactures 
uh, electrical muscle stimulation body suits. And, you know, we haven't even really talked about that yet. And I'm talking uh-huh. about going to the, you know, get a towel and, you know, and do some pulling in against your body weight. Right. But, you know, that's just because I always want people to be able to, 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 to hear me out, try something almost immediately. Yeah. And then I can g- gain their trust. Yeah. And once I gain their trust, then it's not just another ad on social media in which I'm being paid to say something. Chances are when you see anything that I talk about, it's I've done a lot of the research and I've experienced it myself enough to be able to then endorse it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, so, so yes, like I do like to test a lot of things and because I have so much, um, uh, leeway or wiggle room in my, my week, because I don't always have my, my workout scheduled to one hour or two hours. You know, my workouts are literally whatever I can fit in. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I happen to be walking around this, the city, because I don't feel like driving and dealing with traffic. Um, and I end up walking around the city for an hour, then chances are, I'm probably not going to work out that day because, yeah. you know, believe it or not, walking is a form of exercise. And if, if I'm going to be uh, active or walking, my goal is not to constantly be working out, even though I am a trainer. My goal is constantly to be moving. And so if I can tick that off, then so be it. Mm-hmm. You know, now clearly there are going to be different goals throughout different times of the year. If I need to do a photo shoot in which I'm going to be having almost no clothes on or whatever, then I'm probably going to tighten up a bit. I'm probably going to, you know, schedule a few things out here and there. Um, but my goal is to always be within arm's length of my best body. And I'm 40 years old now. So I've got to, you know, I got to keep that at the top of my mind. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's never going to be a problem for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, the, 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 the whole fitness thing, to me is a very fun conversation. And my hope is that when people hear this, my hope is that they go, okay, all right, so I can relax then. So what you're telling me is I can kind of relax on worrying about going to the, the gym. And, you know, a lot of people freaked out during this, this pandemic because the gyms were closed. Mm. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? I mean, if anything that sh- right, right. <laughs> if anything that should have been, a reason for you to cancel your membership, even though I'm, I'm, you know, uh, in the gym owning business. I mean, I'm a gym owner, right. But like, I'm also, I also do this not to benefit from people coming to the gym. Actually gym owners usually benefit and count on people not coming to the gym, but still paying their dues. Right. (laughs) So I would prefer to give people as much information as I possibly can to help them on their way, because at some point or another, um, I'm going to have a community of people that are that are willing to listen and to support. And me doing this crowdfunding campaign for this book literally proved that, you know. And it's been it's been an honor to just watch the amount of people that that I wouldn't have even expected to contribute or to share it. It's not even about the financial contributions, but it's more about the 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 fact that I have a lot of people out there rooting for me and um and I it yeah. just makes my heart so full yeah oh, it's, it's it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful love it so 
All right. So I, I wanted to, before we run out of time, let's, let's go with your, because I asked you this sort of last time in terms of a routine of your day. And I, don't, I know you don't have a routine of your day, but what are your non-negotiables that to have in your day every day or, you know, most of the days to, to keep you happy, healthy, you know, fit, mindset, all that sort of stuff. Is there anything that you have that's sort of like a non-negotiable? Um, okay. Yes. Yes. Um, so I just recently posted a video of, of somewhat of a morning routine. I don't know if you saw that or not yet. I just posted it, I think yesterday. Um, I, it's, it's the closest to my non-negotiables as possible. Mm-hmm. And basically what that is, is I start my day with taking in sunlight or mm-hmm. light, right? Um, just to make sure that my circadian rhythm is set properly, right? Because obviously the way you start your day is the way you begin to finish your day well, right? So if you want to sleep well, you need to start by waking up well. <laughs> I think people forget this. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, try not to stay in bed. I, I literally try to just pop up. I get moving. As soon as my eyes open, I just start to move my joints, Um I, I always like to start with fresh water, um, you know, and then lately, so since Christmas, I've been doing my five Tibetan rites every single morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, the five Tibetan rites, for those who don't know, go and Google it. I have it on YouTube. Um, it's also uh, listed in this most recent Instagram post I just did. Um, and, and then I have, I, I try to meditate every morning. I don't always succeed in that. But what I will say is that meditation is different for every person. And I think even for one individual person, let's say me, myself, um, the way I meditate is different every day. Mm. So I think that anytime you can, um, I I don't even, I hesitate to even use the word clear your mind because people think, Clear your mind means to not think of anything, but I think any, anything you do that allows you to, to pull your focus into one thing or into one uh, flow state, right? Mm-hmm. Your one state of flow, anything that allows you to do that can be constituted as meditation in my, in my book, mm-hmm. the way that I think about it. And one of those things that allows me to do that every single morning is grinding my own coffee. So I, I take whole bean coffee, I grind it, I, I know exactly what I'm going to do. So it allows me to kind of settle into this flow state. And I, depending on where I am in the world, um, I will have headphones in and I'm listening to podcasts. But again, it's thrusting me into a flow state because I know the way my mind works. If I'm not playing anything, if I'm not listening to something or doing something, my mind starts to wander. I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily, but it keeps me like when I'm doing my podcast and I'm grinding my coffee and brewing it and doing the French press and all that fun stuff. I'm not thinking about, okay, what did I do yesterday? What am I going to do today? Uh, right. It's, it's yeah. more about what's happening in the moment is what I'm focusing on. Yeah. Is the grinder finished? Are there still more beans in there that I need to grind out? <laughs> did I get a, a, a nice consistent flow. Did I get enough? Right. Is the coffee perfectly hot? Has it been four minutes? Um, you know, f- for the brew. Um, if I'm in New York, 
I'm hanging upside down on my inversion table while I'm doing, while the coffee is brewing. Oh, but um, why are you grinding your coffee? I'd love to say that. <laughs> well, oh, that's, maybe I should try that. That'll be an interesting one, right? That would be interesting. Um, but, but yeah, so, you know, if I had to kind of lump it into a non-negotiable, it would be getting in as much light as possible in the morning, first thing in the morning, and movement. So again, the reason why I choose to also do the manual grinding and the whole bean coffee is because it's also movement. Mm -hmm. And if you know me, you know, I'm going to be not just doing it with my right hand, but I'm also switching hands, you know, and, and, and uh, yeah, right. <laughs> allowing that, <laughs> allowing that, um, like, like, let's say even when I'm brushing my teeth, cause I do brush my teeth mm -hmm. in the morning as well, but I'm brushing my teeth with both hands yeah. because I, I love thinking about symmetry in terms of movement. And I also like challenging myself. And yeah. so I'm the guy that can shoot the basketball with both hands. And that came about because I broke my wrist in college. Mm -hmm. I thought my career was over, but I only realized that this was just another challenge for me to overcome. So I start to learn how to play basketball with my left hand. You know, um, I can brush my teeth with my left hand. I can write with my left hand. I can do all these things, not because I was born ambidextrous. It's because I, I've taught myself how to do these things. Mm. And, um, and so that applies to everything else I do. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So cool. And it is about challenging yourself though. You can't get stuck in the mundane. Like if you feel like you're stuck and stagnate, then you, you, you feel like you're not growing and, the, and you're never expanding to, to what our potential is, which is ever expanding. You could never put your limits on that, you know? So I love exactly. that. I love that you do that. I think we all need to be challenging ourselves in multiple different ways, in, in not just the movement, but in, in all of life. So very, very cool. Very cool. So Josh, tell us about what's going to happen with you in the next sort of year, where to find you, information, book what's what sort of the date do you have do you have like a, a, a roundabout date that you're looking at for the book to come out yeah I our hope and, and I'll I'll have a more firm idea on that um tonight after the the author's call mm. um but I I think I I know that Tessa and I have kind of set a goal for ourselves to finish Two, two months after the, the crowdfunding campaign ended. Mm -hmm. So basically that's all of, all of June because it finished at the beginning of June. So all of June, all of July. And then just to give us a little bit of a buffer, um, her and I have said by the end of August, we want to be ready and uh, people can, can go to Amazon and buy or, or wherever. So all the people who, who pre-ordered and uh, supported the book, the book campaign, they will be the first to get the book. And the hope is that that happens in the middle of August. And then we hope that everything else happens at, by the end of August. So yeah. incredible. That's the hope. Book, yeah. launch, book launch parties all over the world. Yeah. And, and in fact, um, you know, as a part of our reward uh, for most of the rewards that we set on the, on the books crowdfunding campaign, in fact, I'll send you the link because the campaign is still up and, and, and people could still see it. Um, but we allowed for uh, several of those rewards to, to have access into the virtual book party. So we plan on doing a virtual book party, which should be pretty fun. Um, and yeah, in terms of other places to find me and find out things that I'm doing, you can obviously go to my Instagram or any of the social media 
at Joshua J. Holland. And I, I would assume you're probably um, tagged this and that, right? Yeah. And, um, and then my podcast also has a lot of updates on things that I'm doing and different hacks and, and tips and tricks and things like that. And that's uh, Simply Walk the Talk on all major platforms. And uh, I hope to also have more updates on my website, but it's the thing that has, has kind of fallen, fallen by the wayside because it's just way too much going on. <laughs> um, and yeah, I also hope to have um, the EMS, electrical muscle stimulation bodysuit, ready to launch by the end of the year as well. Ooh, that's so, yeah, so you know, if, if those of you who heard me mention it earlier are curious, just stay tuned because there will be a lot out about it. I know recently um, ben, Green, ben Greenfield has been talking a lot about the Catalyst EMS suit. Um, and, and Ben has done EMS with me at my studio in New York, but um, I'm, I'm excited. I have a smile on my face right now because I'm excited that no one has really jumped on what we have going. And the more that people hear about EMS, it just elevates all the entire realm of EMS so that by the time our suit is ready to launch, then people are going to go, what? You know, because right now the suit that, that most people are talking about with Catalyst and, and, and what Ben has put out still has the wires and still has all these setups and things like that. But the suit that we have is a one piece suit. You slip it on, you don't even need water. You just slip it on, you go for your workout, attach it to your, you know, to your device, your, your Bluetooth iPhone or device, and you do your workout. Like the you only thing you can't. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's quite amazing. So, you know, we're just tying up a, a few loose ends because, you know, in the U.S., there's the whole FDA um, approval process, which is, is a bit of a nightmare. And um, the manufacturing company we were working with was, was severely affected by COVID. So um, that's what delayed us quite a bit. And, you know, these things take money. So every time there's a, an update or a change, you know, you have to wait that much longer, but, but stay tuned. Just stay tuned. Mm, super excited. Super excited. All right. I'll be talking to you more about that. <laughs> Maybe another excuse. Yeah. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Joshua, I'm going to let you go because I know you're a busy, busy man and you probably got some training to do or someone to go and follow up on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so any last words, uh, any parting words for the audience? Um, yeah, you know, I, I would say um, a couple of the things that come to mind is my mantra, which is, and I may have discussed this before, but our bodies and minds adapt to what we do most of the time. If you want to change your body and mind, you must change what it is you do most of the time. Mm -hmm. If you allow that mantra to be sort of um, at the forefront of your brain or at the back of your brain or just somewhere kind of in your world, in your periphery, I think you can really start to embody what awareness is all about, right? Being aware that you may need to change or being aware that you want to change or being aware that you don't want to change or don't need to change. Awareness is what is really gonna drive all of this. And so I would just ask people to be more aware and also to know that there's a difference. I will point this out in the book. There is a difference between awareness 
and being observant. Okay, observation is one level of awareness, but there's a lot more to this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so how you proceed with your newfound awareness is what I wanna continue to kind of start pushing. Uh, maybe that'll be a second book, what you do with your newfound awareness. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I, I just think, you know, we should all start to, to ask more questions. Um, I'll, I'll also leave with this. Anytime there's a question, it's an opportunity to educate. And that is, is why I do what I do yeah. because I get a lot of questions all the time and it, I wanted to have a resource in which I could send people an answer in an easy format, but I just realized that no, no, don't, don't, don't cheat. That's a cheat. That's the easy way out. Use each opportunity as an opportunity to educate. And so, you know, th this is what I lead with. I like to have the weird looking shoes. I like to have the, you know, the weird necklace around my neck. So people go, what is that? And I go, aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I would love to educate you on that. <laughs> so anyway, that's okay. me in a nutshell. So perfect. Well, uh, thank you so much again for your time, Josh. I really appreciate it. It's always an absolute pleasure chatting with you and hearing about what you've been up to. Best of best of luck for your book. And um, I'm sure I'll hear about it anyway, but let me know when it's out and I'll nick on there and grab it. <laughs> Thank you so much, um, Jody. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time and thanks for bringing me on. And thank you to all the listeners who have uh, endured up until this point. <laughs> <my ramblings. laughs> gold. I call it gold. <laughs> thank you. Thank thanks, you. Josh. Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health, as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au for upcoming podcasts, workshops, and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.